This is Perspectives, the show where a conversation about our differences may show us how much more we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. 30 million people in the United States battle some sort of eating disorder, and some 95% of people battling an eating disorder are between the ages of, get this, 12 and 25. Marcy Saran leads a nonprofit here in Atlanta known as Eden. E-D-I-N. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having us. So I said it's Eden, E-D-I-N. And before we started the conversation formally, you were explaining to me what that means. Why don't you do that for our listeners? Uh, Eden was created 26 years ago when we provide education in schools on eating disorders. And now Eden, the I-N is really early identification. We provide education to schools, teachers, counselors, uh, and staff about how to detect and how to early identify eating disorders in their students. Share with us some examples of some of the more common eating disorders. So first of all, there's a lot of myths about eating disorders. People think that it's always a small person. It's not a small person. It's not a Caucasian person. Eating disorders affect every color, every shape, every size, and it's not for girls. 10 million men and boys are affected by eating disorders each year of that 30 million that you spoke about or at some time in their life. So some of the things that they might be looking for, eating disorders are mental illness and mental illnesses often occur with other mental illnesses like depression or anxiety or perfectionism in their students. If you're, for example, a coach in a school and you're concerned about a student who might not be fueling well too much, too little, or maybe their attitudes change, or maybe they're isolating and not showing up for practice, these are things that are of concern. And so we offer two programs to go into schools universally to help teachers, staff, coaches, and counselors. One of them is a program to provide body confidence schools to teach schools universally what to look for. And the other one is a self-certification course for, co um, course for coaches to teach them what to look for, what to do, when to go to a counselor, when to call the parent, when to intervene, what might be some concerns. So both of these online courses in line with the pandemic are launching this year. How was the population battling the mental illness that is an eating disorder impacted by the pandemic and what we've experienced in these last couple of years? Wow, it's been so bad. Eating disorders, they say, are as high as an increase of 70 to 80%. Isolation is a really big factor in mental health. And we have seen Eden's involved with a lot of um, mental health practices in the Atlanta area, and they are all very, very busy. The number of um, their client base patients, um, hospital inpatient programs are very full. It is really up through the pandemic. And that's why we, now that the kids are back in school, we're really hoping that universally we can come in and help to mitigate some of this by giving them the tools to figure out what to do. Talk to me a little bit more about this online course in Body Confidence. Oh, it's great. It's evidence-based. Um, it was delivered 92 times last year, not in Georgia. We're now launching it in Georgia. And what it does is um, we not only educate about eating disorders and body dissatisfaction, a lot of people who suffer from body dissatisfaction, it leads to onset of 
eating disorders and other mental illnesses, depression, anxiety. So what we do is we have workshops for teachers and staff, you know, teacher work day. Those are some of the programming that we all did as parents. Um, teacher work day, they can learn, they can have an hour and a half workshop and learn what to do and how to do it. And it's delivered by clinicians in our community. What are the types of eating disorders? So many people think that it's only anorexia, which is the restriction of food and bulimia. There are other kinds of eating disorders, such as ARFID, um, such as orthorexia, which isn't classified as one, but we all know so many people who are trying to eat perfect or only eating things this way or that way when really, really it's about learning to find your best you and going to a dietitian maybe if you're struggling and figuring out what's the best for you and moderation's okay. And there isn't really good food or bad food. It's just learning how to take best care of you. And so there are 11 of, I think 11 eating disorder types and they're all included in our course that um, we're launching. And I can guide you to the website also so that we have so many resources on myeden.org so that people can read about each one. And they can also go there if they feel like somebody's struggling and they need a resource, we're there for them and they can learn themselves and see if maybe they're concerned about someone in their family or someone that they know so they can learn. So when you're talking to me about this course that you're able to provide to teachers and to coaches, uh, it helps them to identify some of those warning signs. So it may be underfueling, it may be overfueling, it may be anxiety, it may be kids who aren't showing up because maybe they are having so much stress about fueling, not fueling, or they don't feel like they'll perform. They may not come to their practice. They may be comparing themselves to someone else. They may have, maybe their attitudes changed. Uh, maybe their friends are saying something. Um, you know, I got into this because my son was a marathoner and he got sick senior year and he had, he was diagnosed with anorexia and he was that perfect kid who thought, you know, he wasn't head of the student body. He was doing the Fulton County, the Fulton County meeting with the staff. He was that kind of kid. He started dropping weight and he was, he had ran four marathons and it wasn't detected. And one of his coaches told him that he needed to eat less and he was running 70 miles a week. And he told him to consume 3000 calories a day. He was totally under fueling. And this particular coach told him, that he'd be more aerodynamic. So I think a lot of people don't know and they don't understand that things like carbohydrates, a lot of people cut carbs or they're on keto and these things have ramifications. When, you know, carbs are energy. And a lot of times kids or people that we know struggle and they feel like diet culture has taught them that they need to do this and they don't have energy. There's a lot of body image stuff involved. When you found out that your son was in trouble, how did you get him the help that he needed? So he found out that he was in trouble. And he said, I think that I have, he said, I've been doing a lot of reading and I think that I have a problem. And the night before the Chicago Marathon, which at 17, he finished top 2000 in the Chicago Marathon. He uh, was crying because he didn't want to eat a bowl of pasta. And he said it. And he was totally under fueling. 
and he was not wanting to go out with his friends. He was staying home because he didn't want to eat the things they were eating, right? You go out as a teen in high school, you want to go get some pizza and some beer or some whatever, and he didn't want to do that because you can't eat those things in train. And he was getting up and, you know, running before his practice, after his practice, it really became his center. And he said, I think I have a problem. And what did you do? Right. Um, I started talking and asking people and I had a neighbor whose kid was uh, an equestrian rider and in equestrian, you are supposed to be, um, I think it was dressage at, um, you're supposed to be long and lean so that you look like your horse and you were rated. And she said, you know what, I know who you need to call. And I called um, Paige Love, who is a dietitian in Atlanta, and we got completely enveloped in the eating disorder help. And it was wonderful. And the kid's 23 now, and he's doing great. And he said he never liked to run in the first place. When he realized he had a problem, you guys got a handle on it. Is that when he said, maybe there's something else I'd like to do athletically? So a lot of times they um, restrict athletes in their treatment. In his case, they did not. Um, But he cooled it and he slowed it down. And then he, he went to treatment his whole senior year outpatient. And of course he's that kid. So he's still got straight A's, right? Cause that's, you don't have to tell that person to study. Right. And so um, now he does yoga and he lives in Europe and he walks a lot. He really knows himself better than most people know themselves. So how is it that these disorders begin to develop in our kids at middle school age? I mean, I said the 95% of, of people with an eating disorder are between the ages of 12 and 25. So there was a recent study that 42% of first to third grade girls want to be thinner and they're putting themselves on diets. That's second grade. That's second grade. That is social media. That is an idealism that you're supposed to be small and that being small is better. Um, You know, that is that is that depression, anxiety, kids think that if they're supposed to look like Barbie, which in you know this generation, it's not about, they don't, they might not know Barbie, but people who are older, a little older might think they're supposed to be small. Barbie isn't even based on a real person. If she were a real person, she couldn't hold up her body and she'd fall flat on her face. You don't, you know, if you're using supplements to be big, if if Batman were real, he couldn't put his arms down because that's fake. They're, they're, they do that to make you think you're supposed to look like that. And with social media, they're seeing girls who are ideally lean or tiny or small, and they're telling them how to be smaller. And, you know, there are people like the Dove Foundation and Athleta, and I feel like things are beginning to move in the right direction. And now, because we knew that it was social media before what happened with some of the companies online and we're learning that they're playing with algorithms um, which affect people and kids particularly. And we knew that and we speak to kids about this. We speak about social media when we go into these schools. And now with this course, this course addresses all of that. It's DEI vetted. It was presented to 50 superintendents. It gives teachers CEUs for 
they're continuing education. So hopefully we can get this in the school so that if we can talk to parents, coaches, coaches, teachers, counselors, and staff, maybe we can make real change. What do you tell the kids about social media? What is your message to them? So we tell them a little bit of what I told you, depending on the age, right? We're very careful in um, how we talk to kids or to teens or even to menopausal women for that matter. But we talk um, to them about using social media positively. There's all kinds of great stuff on social media and there's all kinds of great stuff you can learn about how being, you know, your best values, taking care of your best self. We talk a lot about if you know somebody who is struggling, you need to be there to help your friends. It, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of shame associated with this stuff. And if you feel like something's wrong, go to a counselor, go to a teacher, get them help. You need to get your friends help. We talk a lot about that. And we talk a lot about taking care of your body. Look, carbs are energy. You need to take care of your body. You need to be strong. You need to be happy. You need to be grateful that your legs your legs make you walk and the wonderful things that you have that's special about you. A lot of what we do is that. And um, most of the talks that we do are provided by a clinician, which is also wonderful. Talk to me about this event that you've got planned later today at Chattahoochee Food Works. So Chattahoochee Food Works is doing a give back day and it benefits Eden. And he's also doing it to benefit another charity in the community, the Georgia Ovarian Cancer Alliance. And it is from two to five and it is at Chattahoochee, Chattahoochee Food Works. And it is a time to celebrate what we do to learn about what we do to see how maybe you could get involved and help. The tickets are $100. And with the $100, it's complimentary drinks. And they have 27 different food vendors in Chattahoochee Food Works. So you're going to get a $40 gift card to go try all this great food. So it's inside and outside, but people are, you know, is it inside because it's so hot? Yes, it's inside. So that's what it is. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and you can get to meet people at Eden and get involved. And, you know, a lot of the community may want to come out so they can see each other because there are, like I said, Eden's been around for 26 years and people have been stuck inside for so long. I think people are really happy to get out and see people that they know. So I think it'll be a really fun time and we'd love to have people to come out and learn about what we do and support the cause. These courses that we're launching need funding. We're raising money for funding. And this is really a way to help Eden grow and provide this work in schools. Now, if somebody's listening to this conversation right now and they'd like to have you come out or they'd like to tell somebody in their school about the work that Eden does, what should they do? Go to myeden.org, look under programs and you can read about the programs and the other stuff that we are doing. The contact information is there. There's also an intake form if you're at a school. Um, you can actually fill it out. If you're a parent, um, I have letters that you can provide to your schools or to your system that talk about what we do as a parent to tell them that you're concerned about body image in your school and you'd really like for Eden to come out and educate your staff, your teachers, your kids. Body image is such a critical thing for everyone right. at every age. How big a deal is it now that we're, we seem to be, and you mentioned this a, a few moments ago, getting to this phase where we are intentionally embracing the skin that we're in? It feels, you know what, in, uh, this is my, I'm rolling into my sixth year 
doing this since my son got sick and I start, you know, I came on board to do this. And it feels like things like online therapy, talk therapy, people talking about body image, celebrities coming out and talking about problems that they've had. I believe that people are starting to talk. And I think that we're giving permission to people to talk about it and hopefully to learn. And it feels a lot better to me. I haven't seen statistics, but it feels like people are, are wanting to, are understanding that this is happening and people like you are starting to cover it and write about it and learn about it. And people like me are starting to engage and try to talk as much as we can. So I feel like it's getting better. And I know that going into women's stores where they used to not have any size bigger than small, it does feel like that market also is starting to do things to service not only all of us, but the majority of people. I think we've known for several years now that a woman's average size is, is 14. It's right. not six or eight or two or double zero, although there are the double zeros who are out there. Talk to us about how do you have the conversation between having a positive body image, living at a healthy weight, and making sure that your health is priority. So, you know, not being, so this is kind not of being obese, I guess is question. what I'm, yeah. Say that again. Right? It's kind of, it's kind of a physician question and you need to work with your doctor to find out if you have issues. But what I have learned in doing this weight is that just because you're in a bigger body doesn't mean that you have heart disease or you have cholesterol issues. You know, you may be a bigger person and that's okay. Or you may be a smaller person. And I know I look just like my brother who's six foot five and that's okay. And I, you know, and the more I, when you, when you try to be something you're not and you start to cycle and always get to a place where you want to be, but then you go back to the other place and there's so much stress in your head, which is why we say, you know, find what your best you is. So I think that it's working. If you have the concerns, find somebody to talk to, try to figure out, get a dietitian that can help you and then find your best you. It's okay. It's okay. What is the one thing that you want our listeners to know about this organization and the work that you're doing in the community? It can be very dangerous, these eating disorders. It's really dangerous in that we need to, we would like it to go away. And in the meantime, what we need people to know is that a lot of times it's hiding in the shadows. And if you can help people and if you can help people have positive body image and teach them about this stuff and you have mental health issues, you can get help and you can get better. It's there for you. It is there. And in Atlanta, we have a wonderful community of mental health professionals. We have a great universe of all this stuff and it is here for you and it's okay. And, you know, there are so many organizations to reach out to, to get help now that also we didn't know about as much before. And so I would like them to know that people can get better and there are programs that can help, but you really, you're, you know, highly probable that if you have an eating disorder, you're not going to wake up and it's going to be gone. Get some help and you can work on it and you can get better. 
we talked about the negative impact that social media can have on a person's view of their body image. One thing we didn't talk about, though, was the precursor to social media, and that's peer pressure in the kids you're in school with. I think that, um, you know, maybe it's, I'm not sure. And I think that it is, if it's coming, if it's coming from the school and if it's coming from the universe of the school, and if the universe of the school is doing something like creating a body confidence school, how do you talk? What do you say? What do you know? If we can implement these kind of courses when they're itty bitties and they start to learn and that's just what they hear, then maybe things will start to change. And, you know, it's not okay to, the first thing you see to somebody is, oh my gosh, you look great. How much weight did you lose? You know, or commenting on people's appearance like that. Every every time you do that to somebody, it's a different step. You don't know how your words affect people. And I think this kind of training, if you go from the top down, hopefully that will help. When these training programs are in the schools, and in the community, is there a cost to the school to bring it in there, or is that what fundraising offsets? Fundraising offsets it. The cost is for a workshop. Um, we can do totally informational stuff, but when we bring out clinicians to speak, there's a workshop cost, and there's different options. And different schools have room. Some want an hour and a half workshop. Some want three different workshops: one for counselors, one for teachers, um, and then some may want us to come in for half a day. So it depends. Yeah, it depends on how deep we go and what they have time for. Different schools allocate different amount of time for these kinds of programs. And they do offer them to their school. What is your greatest reward being active in this movement? Oh my gosh, we save so many lives. Every single time we give a talk, somebody chases us out of the room. Every time. You know, can you, I'm really worried about my mom. Can you help my kid? I'm worried about myself. How do I this? You know, we, we help a lot of people. And now that we kind of are moving towards being able to launch courses like this, one school that we're talking to, they want us to talk to 1,400 people. That's staff counselors teach. That's just staff. Ca- you know how much change that can make? So that, that we're on the cusp of being able to launch these programs and really get in there. For me, helping the people and now being able to work with this community to really hopefully scale it and help a lot of people. It's really rewarding for me. The organization is Eden, education and insight on eating disorders. But you've also, Marcy, talked about early identification because it is important to see the warning signs and for people to get the help that they need. One more time, what's the website? And one last push for the activity today. My Eden, M-Y-E-D-I-N.org. You can go to that website, myeden.org forward slash Sunday Funday. Marcy Saran, we thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Perspectives is a community and public affairs program produced with you in mind. If there's a guest or an issue you'd like to hear me explore, I hope you'd let me know. The easiest way to connect with me is on social media. Just slip me a DM or send me a message. Search Condes Presley on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And yeah, I know you're asking, how do you spell Condes? C-O-N-D-A-C-E. And Presley has two S's. 
That's P-R-E-S-S-L-E-Y. Friends, I appreciate your listening. Be sure to listen again next week at the same time as we explore new perspectives.